Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe Christmas episode. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Ho, ho, ho. And uh, we're going to look at kind of a fun Frank Miller comic today. Uh, one of his early comics from 1979, a Batman story centered around uh, Christmas and Santa Claus. And the first time I saw this story, it was in a collection of the complete Frank Miller Batman. It was like this faux leather bound uh, book. I think a bookstore premium is probably what it was created for. I think it was even published by like Time Warner as opposed to, you know, like DC. But it had Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One, and Wanted, Santa Claus, <laughs> Dead or Alive, was, was uh, sandwiched in the middle of that thing. And the reason we're not looking at that edition it's one of my comics that I lent somebody that never came home. When oh, I was in college, my English professor borrowed it, and a uh, good guy taught me a lot, but uh, kept hold of that comic book. <laughs> Were you too no nice of a guy to ask for it back? I can't, you know, I think it was towards the end of uh, my time at school, and just things got Chaos. away from us. Yeah, I, I don't really blame him for that, but um, it does stand out, because there's not that many comics that I've let out of my uh, out of my grasp, and that's that's one of them, but not a big deal. Uh, what I have here is actually a reprint. This is Christmas with the Superheroes um, from 1988, so almost 10 years later. It was originally printed in DC Special Series 21, 1979. And like I said, that's that's early Frank Miller. So as we go through this, you're going to see glimpses of Frank Miller, but still a, a young cartoonist. I, when you're when you're brand new, man, you unless you are just an insane prodigy who developed their own language or whatever. You, you don't even get an opportunity to be a professional if you if the editor senses you're going to be rocking the boat in any way, man. So you have to kind of relax yourself and fall into their template by maybe peppering in a, a little bit of your own, getting a little of your own shit in there, as they say in wrestling. Uh, but you think Julie Schwartz is going to let some young whippersnapper come in after, you know, being in the game for 40-something years? and let you start pacing things out all crazy and choreographing fights the way you want to do it and all that kind of thing. Nah, man, you gotta, you gotta uh, sort of tighten your bootstraps and just get the fucking job done. Yeah, at this stage, like, Frank Miller, one of the biggest creators in, in Marvel DC history, you, you just don't know what you've got at this stage with a guy like that, you know, because a lot of people come in with energy and, and ready to go, raring to go. And even then, like, what is the ceiling for a great penciler in 1979? Um, you know, Miller pioneered some new ground. Like, he raised that ceiling in a lot of ways. Yeah, so, like, you'd have no idea what you're, what you're getting or what the potential is going to be versus, you know, especially with the Frank Miller. Yeah, before this, you would have, uh, the generation would be, you know, the Neil Adams, Bernie Wrightson, Kaluta, you know, the studio guys, like those were the, the fresh talents and stuff like that. Probably the guys that inspired a lot of like this generation. Uh, but you're, you're right, man. Like it was, it was sort of few and far between. And who was it that we were interviewing that was talking about how guys, oh, uh, Mignola, like he said that like Wrightson and Kaluta, they were just, they were kids. They had their little four walls and a roof and would take as much time as they wanted to like make their comics and it made those journeymen mad because those guys have those expensive houses in Connecticut next to Ernie Bushmiller and shit and have to uh you know keep up with the Joneses yeah um some interesting stuff in the credits here is Frank Miller and Steve Mitchell are your artist Ben Oda on the lettering which is pretty fun to see yep. and Denny O'Neill writing and I mentioned Denny O'Neill because I mean that's the long relationship with Miller you know for for the next I don't know, decade or so, 
that's going to be the the editor or uh, you know somebody who's sort of there with Miller as, as he goes in these interesting directions. Yeah, both the, Daredevil and, and Batman all the way through. Even even in uh, you know post all of this stuff, Denny O'Neill is on that Dark Knight Returns documentary, just talking about you know the virtues of Frank Miller. Oh, I wish I had five percent of what that kid had. And uh, O'Neill's an interesting guy too. We saw him give a, a, a speech at Baltimore Comic Con a couple years ago. And you think about like who moves comics forward or who does something that's maybe outside the, the typical normal what was being done. And O'Neill was one of those guys in the 70s that, that's sort of pushing comics in these interesting directions. Yeah, he's kind of, kind of you know, he's a hip, hippie disposition uh, with Neil Adams brought in some of that level of, of thought and, you know, like, activism and just trying to think a little bit more deeply into the implications of the superhero in a world where there are uh, such like disparate uh, people in, in, in the population and and, and um, just just issues that were not considered in pre in comics prior to that and we there's a glimpse of that in here whenever uh, if you want to keep keep rocking like when <laughs> When the rich boy Bruce Wayne is 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 dressing up, like uh, well, well, we'll get there. We'll yes. get there. <laughs> so obviously, you know, a Christmas story, and of course, we've got to have um, some of the some of the questionable characters in Gotham City. There's still crime, still goes on even on Christmas. Yeah, of course. I mean, this kind of reads like uh, every every Christmas, whatever that week would be, uh, there would be a, a Christmas spirit uh, story that that Eisner would do, and this. This has that sense to it. That makes a lot of sense, given uh, Miller's involvement, for sure. And uh, crashes this Christmas party because Batman learns there's a boat that's uh, been been scheduled, been chartered to uh, make a quick escape around midnight, and wants to know uh, what, what does this criminal know about that? Yeah. Why is he chartering a boat to make a quick escape? This is uh, the the panels I always think of from this story. I feel like this is one of those tropes in superhero comics, the, the punch of the superhero that ends up hurting your, your own hand. And look at the size of that forearm. Like, <laughs> like, like this tree trunk yes. can smack Batman in the tummy and, and he no-sells it. Yeah, man. Uh, but but full-on flex in that six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's that thing, man. What you, when, when you're a kid and you like learn where the muscles go, you show off every single one of them. It's so funny because he's ordering his dudes to like uh, hurt him, guys, and it's two panels to discard those dudes. This is a short story, and and this guy here, like, this is actually a recolor because uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a black dude uh, in in the DC special, and he has that Shirley Temple like like Snoop Dogg would have that haircut with like the the the, the curls. And chain ready, by the way. We're at the holiday party, but just in case something goes down. This dude is ready to to rumble. You you don't want to have a security guard in your coffers if he ain't ready to to protect you. Fair point. Fair point. And uh, this ruins the whole party spirit. He doesn't feel like partying no more. Yeah. After Batman gets his info and leaves, got emasculated in front of his Santa-hatted titty chicks. This panel reminded me a lot of Mazzucchelli Daredevils, and especially the Born Again stuff. You know, the alley shot, pretty good. Uh, another interesting framing is that high shot looking down, like through your uh, your light fixtures and stuff. I looked at a lot of, lots of Neil Adams comics before, sure, no, no, no doubt. But I associate this long panel with with Frank Miller. Uh, he, it's something that he really brings to the table in, in Daredevil a lot. You show that yeah. expansive Hell's Kitchen uh, with Manhattan in the back. You know, the skyscrapers far off in the distance. It's something that he plays with a lot, but yeah, this close composition, like Toth would do some cool stuff like that. Uh, Bruce Tim 
we'll we'll do that kind of like super close silhouetted you know light fixture piece like looking down on the room that's it's a very slight like if I'm, I'm not sure if it's one of the 22 panels that always work but that could be the 23rd it, it, it should be I did a fables a couple pages in fables years ago and I was looking it was like an anthology issue and I was looking at Dave Lapham had done a couple and he had like he his, his stuff set up like this and it creates such great depth yeah uh, you can do cool framing sequences and stuff that way so yeah, certainly something to uh, be aware of if you're a cartoonist. Add it to that 23 panels. So so here's that part, and this is that that um, just a little extra level of thought. It, it's the stuff that you you bring up a lot with when you talk about Batman, and and a lot of people talk about is like you know this rich rich dude up on the hill, who's coming down into into the streets and fucking up people who like you know are are drug dealing to feed their family or whatever. So he's dressing up as you know just like a man on the street or whatever and then when he splits he just gives a thousand dollars to the lady at the rainbow kitchen or wherever they are and you realize that it was it was batman the whole time this is such a trope you know like go to the food kitchen to to sniff out some clues about this guy this low-level criminal that you're looking for um i feel like this doesn't this is a tough one now you can't get away with this like i'm just going to like the poor uh, you know, the food kitchen, and that's where I'm going to find my criminals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can do that anymore. Well, you can. <laughs> Maybe. But you, but, you, but you might have to self-publish afterward. It is part of my critique of Batman, though, totally. You know, like, there's there's a class reading, I think, out there for Batman, and uh, this is a good example of it. But to speak to your Daredevil layouts, like, that is totally the Frank Miller page layout right here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were looking at uh, Kevin Eastman, Raphael Comics recently, and you see that kind of attention to page layout, something yeah. that... I don't know where Miller pulls it from. You know, it's kind of unusual, those those long, thin panels, vertical or horizontal at this time. I, I know other people have done them, but, you know, when you think of, like, who do you associate with it? Yeah. You know, I don't know if there's somebody specific that he's pulling that from. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> that's funny. Classic. Uh, man, that's kind of cool to see, like, early Gotham by by Miller, you know, thinking of what he would go on to do with it. Because there are, there are some elements there, but I also see some Marshall Rogers, like, in the cape. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which makes sense, you know, probably one of the bigger runs in uh, Batman history. So, Boomer, our uh, low-level criminal who Batman is looking for, is working as a, uh, a Santa at this department store. This this is where we're in full Christmas spirit mode, because I swear I read at least two Christmas spirits where it's like the reformed criminal who's trying to totally. trying to get along, and, try, trying to handle things. And I bet you if you start digging, you could find about 200 of those stories. There's Steve the Tramp in... Uh, in Dick Tracy, Chester Gold is that character, was a bad guy to start. And then uh, for many years, he's just trying to go on the level and just all these crimes always happen around him and he always gets suspected and stuff. It's, it was a go-to. Real quick, before we continue, Ed and I are both working cartoonists. So wanna bring up our latest projects, Ed Piscor's Red Room, The Antisocial Network. The collection of the first four issues of Red Room is now available wherever you buy books comic book stores, bookstores online, and uh, in addition to the four issues being reprinted in this collection, there's also 80 pages of bonus material in the back. 70, 80, something 70, like that. 80 pages, all kinds of really cool stuff, like the uh, first draft of Red Room. I love this stuff. This is what I used to uh, double dip when I would buy comics and then buy like the Hellboy collections for totally. the extra material in the back. So a really nice collection. Great job by Fanographics in terms of production. Uh, notes almost like a director's cut back there. Following... Uh, Red Room Antisocial Network will be trigger warnings coming out in February 2022. Um, starting then as a monthly series, 
standalone issues. So any of these that you see, you can pick up. It's a great place to start. Self-contained short stories. And uh, this is your main cover. These are the variants to look for in your local comic shop. And be sure to tell your comic shop to add these to your pool list or your subscription box. And uh, look, even a variant cover by yours truly here, uh, paying homage to the famous Robert Crumb Zap cover. So if you're looking for a little more graphic violence in your life, add Red Room to your collection. Jimmy, what are you not working on? <laughs> Sadly, uh, still working on, Ed, but uh, Hulk Grand Design coming in March 2022 and April 2022. This will be two issues, uh, both self-contained, standalone. First one is Monster, uh, telling the story of the Hulk, the first 40 years of the Hulk, condensing about 10,000 pages into 80 pages total. Uh, there will be some cool variants. We just announced the first round of variants for the Monster issue. This is the March 2022 title, which you can order right now from your local comic shop. And those variants include one by Ed Piscor, a really nice homage to uh, Incredible Hulk 181, that I, or rather Hulk 240, that iconic cover. Kind of a mashup because we're seeing the retro original Wolverine costume. From 181. Genius. Yeah, very nice. Also, by the way, green background, but gray Hulk on the claws. It was all considered. Very smart. Uh, Peach Momoko is doing a cover for Monster, and uh, Marcos Martin doing a variant cover that's pretty amazing. The transformation of Banner into the Hulk looks good on a cover. So uh, pick those up. Tell your comic shop to order one of those for you right now, and uh, back to our regular scheduled programming. So in this case, uh, Boomer's old associates wanted him to disable the alarm system. And uh, everybody treated him so well at the department store, he didn't like doing that. And they're like, well, tough shit. I guess we'll go with the, the hard way in then. And they bring him into the rear entrance just to get the door open. And then, bam, they're inside. Yeah, that's a, By the way, that's a trope, too. Like the big, dumb criminal who, like, becomes such a softy. Right. You know, like, I, I feel like the gladiator character in, in yeah. uh, Daredevil is that 100%. guy. 100%. And and you see it in a lot of like pop culture stuff. Like the guy, he just turned around, and it's also like he just he turns into a big wuss. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, reading through here, it's Lee's department store. I have to imagine Jim Lee loves this story. Is <laughs> a Frank Miller fan? <laughs> I would. I wish it was Jim's department store. <laughs> <laughs> then both of you could enjoy it. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> So they, they gun down their own their own business partner there uh, once once he they decide he's they're inside they don't need him anymore so they give him a shot don't kill him though I don't believe no but no just shoot no, him and he flees yeah because he's at the end but that's enough to bring Batman in and uh, you know kind of typical Batman dis dispatching these run of the mill villains very uninspired this is a sequence this throwing action from a Daredevil comic by Bob Brown it was one of my early comics is why it's burnt into my head. But it really feels like that, and I think I may have seen it somewhere else too. Like, the, like, like the the composition, like the three. Yeah, like there's something stuff. about this that's just very familiar to me, and I don't know if it is just that Daredevil comic or not. It's one of those things. Like before, I really read comics. I had that book, and you know how you read those things like 75 times, oh, where yeah. it's like burnt into my brain. Oh yeah, I would say that like like Miller, when he when he starts really playing with stuff, his stories are so clear, and. I think he did what he could, but it's not a like you. I I looked at that panel a couple of times, and I, I think it's this this shape. It's like what the fuck is that? And then you you gotta like really look and like oh that's like the base. You know what? You're so right because it's like triangle, 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 circle. Circle. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. That's such a strange like you wouldn't think of that as being 
you'd never think of this in a million years, but it is kind of a weird misstep where it's like now we switch the shape at the last minute. Exactly. And it could like you just flip that hand so that he's holding it down and then you throw it like a javelin and then it stays a tree. So so like it's I think it's about like what's the most identifiable piece of this? And it's like it's not the base, it's, yeah. it's the green part. It's too bad it doesn't stay a tree and, like, stick him in the face. Yeah, I mean, this is the Red Room guy talking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Mr. X? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Shades of Mr. X. Shades of Chaikin here. Like, like that era Chaikin would have these very organic lines. It makes me wonder who the Steve Mitchell character is. Like, was he a guy in, uh, in the Simonson Chaikin studio who was doing some background work or something? Maybe a guy of continuity. I don't know Steve Mitchell. Yeah, I don't either. Um, that's funny to do the Simonson reference because now it makes me think like, when was he doing Manhunter? You know, like was Miller Earlier. moved into that into that area yet? You know, those guys sharing studio space. By the by the way, like that that cityscape you were talking about, like that feels like a Simonson kind of cityscape. Now that I think about it. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, weird tangent of bad, shadow here. Bad. That's that's so bizarre. Yeah, real bad. I can't even tell exactly like what that tangent is from. Yeah, like what it like why is this line here that connects to this to the, and and yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like Steve Mitchell fucked up there, I'm going to say. Yeah, I think you might be right. So, uh by the way, Boomer has been caught up by the bad guy. Now they're like hiding out, you know, trying to avoid Batman's wrath and fury there at the end. And now let's just take it to a very weird place that's schmaltzy and makes no sense. I don't understand it either. Is the because on page one, he makes a comment about how, like, the in the nativity scene, the star has been stolen. Which is good color, because, like, you see the big gaping hole right there. But this is almost a case of being trying to be too clever, where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll wrap this up. Yeah, let's We'll come back it. to it. So I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, the gun is reflecting the light or, or something. Or just uh, the... the, the, the noel like like the some some isn't there like a christmas like north star or some bullshit there should be a star there but like what's actually causing the reflection i'm saying like the star like the star is like in the hole and oh you think it's the it's real star some gl gl <laughs> like like easter islanders like just some glimmering like light thing i, I mean this I is have why no, I frank, no idea. this is why we need to talk to frank miller frank what is up. reflecting here yeah yeah <laughs> what, what's the deal man because this this i mean it's just this page no, makes no sense. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. It's, and he, it's very and he, weird. And he, got he even says, like, it's gone again. Like, I yeah. guess, it, you know, it's not a, a glimmer of them hiding behind it. Or is it, like, some sort of, like, it's Christmas, and here's some schmaltz. Ah, like, you know, the, the gates of heaven open up through that little little hole. And and by the way, our guy got shut up a lot, and there's, like, no concern for him. And, and then I... And then, as I was reading, I was like, well, did he have, did he steal the star? And it's like a flak jacket and, you know, like it, it deflected the bullets or something. Like, I have no idea. There's all these like little loose pieces. He got shot up five times. Like, just count the blams. Count the blams and that's the amount of times he got shot. But he's just chilling. He's half selling it. He's holding on to one of those shoulder wounds. <laughs> so that, uh, yeah, weird story. And, you know, I think it's like 10 pages Imagine this sandwich between Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns. DC, you don't have to pad those those <laughs> comics. You're going to you sell really them. Don't. Yeah, you really don't. Let's we we could have the, the complete uh, the complete Frank Miller Batman without this story. I don't think anyone's feeling too cheated. Well, you know, you know, like uh, Devil's Advocate, we do have a channel that's getting more and more popular. And if you if you leave out the obvious or something, so many people would be happy to tell you. And maybe Julie Schwartz knows guys, or I guess it probably wasn't 
that that era of people making the complete Batman, but they were like, we just don't want to hear it. We just don't want to hear it from the Wednesday Warriors. That that uh, we left out, you know, some tangential Batman story that Frank Miller drew in 1979. Yeah, understandable. Um, one other one I'd point out is this Batman story at the end is a Neil Neil Adams Batman. So Christmas cool. is coming next year, man. Yes, <laughs> as, as long as uh, you know there isn't like some sort of Zeta version of of the virus that definitely takes everybody out. Dude, th- we could be running this through twenty twenty six. I was looking at that man, and and then, and then when we start doing the Christmas spirits, you part know, one of six here of the uh, the Christmas with the superheroes could be a decade. But man, we got Christmas in Shacktown. You know, four or five really great Carl Barks. Uh, Christmas comics. Um, there's good. There's good stuff out there. There's uh, Gumby, the Art Adams, the one where where Santa Claus gets held hostage, and I, th- and I think hell. I remember Red. Yeah, is so, it hell? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if Art Cloakey uh, had any editorial insight of taking Gumby to hell. If that if that is the case. <laughs> Good to go, Jimmy? I am. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We're going to notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's out there? Join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug, where you can download out-of-print zines and minis. You can see a bunch of my original art and process. And you can see uh, some behind-the-scenes of Hulk Grand Design, which is the book to tell your local comic shop to order for March 2022. Uh, a History of the Hulk, first 40 years, um, all written, drawn, colored, lettered by me, and uh, coming very soon. Red Room, the anti-social network, trade paperback in stores now. Get it while you can. Uh, the next round of Red Room Comics, Trigger Warnings, is going to start coming out in February 2022. You can uh, pre-order all those comics uh, right now at the Fantagraphics website. You can uh, put reservations at your local comic shop on uh, these comics. Get them put on your pull list. If you want to read the comics ahead of time, you could hit up my Patreon. And uh, all those links are in the link tree in the description below this video. Jimmy's uh, link tree is there as well. You can also subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. And you can find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. I think the marching orders today should just be uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I love it. Good to go? Yes.